and welcome to episode 46 of the Carrier's Edge podcast. I am Jane Jess Rowie, co-founder of Carrier's Edge, and... I am Mark Morell, other co-founder of Carrier's Edge. Look at how well I did that. Succinct and quick. <laughs> yes, succinct and it. quick. <laughs> But other okay. than that, you did a fabulous job. Thank opening. you. So Thank you. Episode 46. There's Jane demonstrating how to do an opening after I butchered it like the last three times that yes, I've done it. Yes, you did. So what are we talking about? Well, that is an excellent subject. So let's find out what we're going to talk about. And well, what's... Give me a moment while I figure it out. Okay. So here's the thing is that we've been really productive in the last couple of weeks of Groundhog Day. And that's what I think we we're going to talk about, yes. Because of Groundhog Day? Many of the things that I kind of thought about would be obvious ones to talk about. It's like, oh yeah, we talked about that on like the last two episodes. So, all right, we need to find something different. We can't just talk about pandemic stuff. Although, okay. we can, we'll see. I'm well, sure we'll get into it. I mean, I think everybody is doing the same thing. Yeah. For the pandemic is, you know, you're either trying to get your drivers moving from one place to another and keep them safe or you're stuck at home uh, trying to figure out how to make Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday differ from Saturday and Sunday. <laughs> yeah, Friday always still feels like Friday. You always know when it's Friday. Not always. But the other four days. But I have been waking up going, what day is it? <laughs> and which is not an unusual thing for me. Not knowing what day it is, but it's become like a, like it just doesn't feel any different. What's funny is any that. Any other day, because I'm working on the weekend too, so. Yeah, but we're not really doing much different than what we normally do. The only thing is, is that we don't have the events that we normally go to sure. in the spring, which is like we were talking about earlier. Um, it's a, like a big social thing for us. We don't do mm -hmm. a whole lot of social activities. So our work things kind of take that place and we haven't had that like we yeah. didn't have it in the summer yep um in the fall oh, wait a minute so now i don't even know fall what month was it really is. busy fall we had a lot yeah. of uh, events that we were at and then we had the tca convention and bang that's it yeah and we were shaping up to have a busy time yeah we were we we're all gearing up for it so i was like okay you know hold your breath because we're going to be having 18 things at once and we have to hire people and we have to do this and we have to get this out and blah 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 and then nothing and for a while it's really awesome mm -hmm. because it's like, oh, I can catch up on things and I am feeling caught up. But now I'm like, OK, well, what I I'm find good. interesting. Yes, we were shaping up to have a very busy spring of events and that all went away. But it kind of went back to where we were in January, where we are in September, where we normally are for June and July and, and August, where we don't have a lot of events happening. And it's just a regular stay here and work. Just, right. just focus on getting the work done. But it still feels like we're all in a cloud with no real definitions or boundaries on anything, even though our stuff really hasn't changed much from what it often is, but everybody else has changed. Yeah. And that's the thing that I'm noticing is that because everybody else has changed, all of those guideposts that tell me it's a Monday, it's a Friday, it's this point in the week, many of those things have shifted or stopped altogether so, yeah, I find myself sometimes going, you know, what is the difference here between a weekend and a, a weekday? Because when we were doing it and no one else was doing it, that was one thing. Because then you could have externals, like you said, 
I think I'm just agreeing with you here, external structure. Mm -hmm. And you can look at that external structure and now... Well, it was great because then I could sneak out in the middle of the day and go to the store and it would be empty. I know. And now... And now I sneak out and go to the store and I'm still standing in line to get into the thing. Well, I think it's funny is that I was, uh, you know, when you're talking to people who are also working at home, there's a little bit more relaxation for us because we always work at home, but we're always trying to pretend like it's not even really pretend. It's like you're trying to compensate for the fact that you're working at home. You know, it's an anomaly. Yeah. So everybody else is in a boardroom or an office and you're talking to them and you feel like you should have that formality and stuff like this. And now when everybody's working at home, no one has that formality, I guess, because that has gone by the wayside. You can't keep it up. So there is a little bit of relaxation when I talk to people now. It's like, so, yeah, I can just yell to Mark upstairs. And I I was talking to someone from uh, talking to someone yesterday or the day before. See, I don't even know. Um, and I was sending you texts and I was telling him, oh, I'm just sending him texts because normally I would yell upstairs. And he's like, I think he didn't realize, even though we've said we work from home all the time. Mm. I don't think he realized that I'm. we are actually doing this all the time. This is how we normally do everything. So it's a little weird. But Well, what I find funny is that that dynamic has completely shifted. You're talking about how it used to be we were the weirdos working from home and everybody else was in an office. So we we were kind of acutely aware of the fact that mm-hmm. we were the weirdos, but now it's flipped. And if you're talking to somebody and they're in an office, they're the That's, weirdos yeah. now. Especially if it's on a conference and there's a bunch of people in a boardroom, it's like, what are you doing? Why are you all together? And you're clearly not six feet apart because it you're would be this around horribly echoey speakerphone if you were. Yeah. Have you been on a conference call with people? Uh, not in the last two weeks or so but before that yeah like earlier in the month i mean this thing has been going on for like six weeks now uh for us here or or we're approaching in some places in the u.s i think they're not having or they didn't lock down as much yeah yeah and people that are considered essential services are allowed to go in the office but they should still be keeping their distance and practicing all of the um safe things that you're supposed to be doing staying distant and wearing masks and all of that kind of stuff, but not everybody is. So it's very odd when I do talk to somebody who's clearly in their office and acting like nothing has really changed. Uh You know, nothing has changed for us, the hermits that were already (laughs) hiding out at home, but all of you that were productive in an office should be different now. Yeah. So we weren't going to talk about this though. Were we? Okay. I may have to edit out the part where I said we weren't going to talk about it. And then we immediately started talking. About I know it. it's because it's our. But you did bring up something that uh, I have been really enjoying. And that is the work from home posts that we've been doing on Twitter. Oh, good. I'm glad. Yeah, that's worked out pretty well. So that was a good idea. Uh, that so... I had when I was working out. And as I've said before, I always have brilliant ideas that I have when yeah. I'm working out. They're not always brilliant after the fact. <laughs> But at the time, they seem like, yes, and they're usually marketing. Yeah. But uh, so that one, I'm that glad that good. you like them. Well, what's really nice about it is everybody is getting to contribute mm-hmm. and I don't have to do any work. It's fabulous. Because <laughs> so, we have our new marketing yeah, coordinator. Harpreet is Harpreet. doing all of the work, uh, but it's nice to see. So everybody has uh, submitted 
pictures of their workspace and a few people actually submitted pictures that included themselves, not yeah. very many, not nearly enough, uh, along with what they like about working from home and their tips for doing it successfully. And so the first couple of people, like I think I was the first one yeah. and I was very dry and now it is changing. I think like all of the punchier people are starting to <laughs> contribute. Well, I like Tommy's because he had that. He had those little numbers on all yeah. of the things that he had. He, he had, had a, little, yeah, little labels on all yeah. of his items and why he has them there. So His ukulele and yeah. guitar. And beanbag and a yoga mat. And yeah. All of these things that are. He's getting punchy. I was yeah. talking to him yesterday and he was like, okay, it can be done now. Well, Tommy's in particularly tough spot because he injured his leg last fall. Yeah, he broke Normally, some. Oh, did oh, he Achilles sprain tendon. Or? Oh, that's Popped what it was. his Achilles tendon. So he's been off his feet since last fall and he's normally a very active, uh, fit guy. So he would be. He uh, does these weird diet things where he doesn't eat. For, he does the fasting thing and then he mm -hmm. goes and works out for eight hours. And he likes his job partially because we don't really care when he does that. So he goes off and does his bizarre workout routines. Yeah. And after six months of being off your feet and looking forward to finally being healed so you can get out and get some exercise and yeah. play some sports and just do all that in stuff. Time. Just in time for a lockdown. Yeah. So uh, he's, he's, he has um, our sympathy. Well, he also is going through the issue of the weakness that you have after you haven't been doing it. Like after oh, yeah. you've been off something for months and months, where you just don't have, you don't have the same physical uh, capabilities that you did. And you have to, you know, they'll come back, but you have to be really weak for a bit and then gain your strength gradually. So he's going through that. Mm -hmm. Well, so that's all the stuff that we said we were not going to talk about. Okay. So now let's get to the thing that we probably should talk about. And Which you is? referenced it already being very productive. Oh, so you've yes. had a lot of stuff happening. I have been so productive. There's so what happens with because it used to I was primarily doing all the courses for a really long time. And then I now we have other instructional designer course developers who are working with me and they're they're producing some of the content now. And which is great, but I find myself doing and when I'm doing um our, our regular routine when everything was up and running normally I'd be speaking and doing press releases well not press releases but I would be writing notes for press releases um doing all kinds of marketing things you know on the radio like so I didn't have all that much time for writing and what happened was that other people were writing but now I have to review it so any writing that I did gets put on hold. So I have everything is yeah. on hold. So these courses that I'm trying to finish um, and I don't want to give them to anybody else because they're like three quarters finished and they'd have to spend a lot of time learning about things that like heavy equipment, securing cargo securement for heavy equipment is one of the things that I'm working on. And it's just been sitting there for months because I can't get back to it. And it was like literally three quarters done driving me nuts. And so I've been able to do all my editing for everybody else. And I've been able to start finishing some of these courses. So yeah. I finished a general security awareness course that isn't tied to hazmat or CTPAT. I've, um, I, I helped um, Tiffany, who's our newest course developer, 
uh, get the cybersecurity course out. I am finally finishing heavy uh, transporting he- heavy equipment. Yeah, transporting heavy equipment slash heavy vehicles. It depends on what country you're in. So I have a lot of oh, the fun times with this one is is that I'm doing the U.S. and Canadian versions at the same time. In the U.S., it's heavy equipment, and Canada is heavy vehicles. So there's a lot of hmm. it's going to be a lot of edi- audio editing in that one because it's just the way that you talk about it is different when you're talking about because in Canada. The um, regulation is about vehicles as cargo. So there's three parts to it. There's light vehicles, heavy vehicles, and flat, flattened and crushed light vehicles, something like that. So I'm only doing one part of Division 7, mm-hmm. whereas in the U.S., there's a, the regulation is all just heavy vehicles, equipment, and machinery. Mm-hmm. Heavy vehicles, yeah, that's the order it is in. So when you're... When you start with a regulation that has that wording, then the rest of the content has to have certain wording as well. And really half the difference uh, or most of the difference in the different versions that I'm writing is vehicles versus equipment and kilograms (laughs) versus um, pounds. And oh, that's so finicky and picky. Well, that's also an example of a subject where the regulation is only one small part of what's actually involved in doing it properly. Yes, because the regulations on in both Canada and the U.S. are like a paragraph. Yeah. So I have the course, I think, is 18 pages in total. <laughs> so you've taken a paragraph and turned it into 18 pages. Yeah, because, I mean, yeah, so knowing that, you know, 10,000 pounds is heavy equipment, and uh, I can't remember what is in Canada, it's like... 40-something kilograms, 4,000-something kilograms, 4,900 kilograms maybe. Mm. Um, That's basically it, and that you have to have four attachment points to the vehicle and, um, well, I can't remember the exact things, but there's that's about it. It's like how many many tie-downs you use, how heavy the equipment has to be and what the strength of the tie downs have to be. And that's only in Canada. So that's it. There's really, there might be one more thing I'm forgetting, but that's it. So once we, so what I was thinking of is, okay, well, what else do you have to do? So that's where the rest of the course came in is that, you know, when you go and you load up some heavy equipment or a vehicle, what did it, what, what other things do you have to make sure of that aren't, you know, com- you know, that aren't laid out in the regulations for you? So the regulation says once the thing is sitting on top of your flat deck, where to put the tie downs. It doesn't say. Doesn't even do. Well, it says how many you need to put on there. It says you have to have at say, least four. Yeah, it doesn't say where to put them, no. I guess. doesn't say how you get the thing on top of your vehicle. Nope. doesn't say best practices for loading and unloading or how to safely park or anything about driving or operating it. Nope. Once you put that equipment on there, I assume it's going to have issues when you're going around (laughs) corners and things. I'm laughing because I can see your hand motions. Like, like somehow this heavy equipment is waving in the wind. Well, I'm just thinking, (laughs) but I'm thinking going around a corner. Yeah, you yeah. definitely want to. Yeah, and what the best practices are. So using a load binder, mm-hmm. like there's nothing in there about chains and load binders and all of that stuff, but 
Chains are what you generally use, and load binders are what you use to tighten chain. Oh, yeah. So you put you have to have these tie-downs, but it doesn't say how you secure them. Yeah. Yeah. And how how a load binder works, and that there are different kinds of load binders, and one of them is more dangerous than the other. Because one of them, if you are... If you're doing it the wrong way, it can flip up and hit you in the face, basically. And Yikes. you can, yeah. And don't and don't try and extend your load binder with a with a pipe or something like that, <laughs> unless it's by the manufacturer. And that manufacturers actually have attachment points on the heavy equipment or vehicle, and that you can attach your tie downs to, and then attach them to the trailer deck. And yeah, yeah and then there's all this um, confusing. You know, if you're talking about the vehicle, which vehicle are you talking about? Are you talking about the heavy vehicle or the heavy Mm. equipment or the trailer as a vehicle? So then you have to make sure that you're not completely confusing everything. So it's been a bit of a, it's been a bit of a journey, this one, because actually I learned the most um, when, when one of the, our instructional designers, Chrissy, she lives in a small town up north where they do a lot of these things. And so she actually contacted someone at a um, at a company who's not a customer, interestingly enough, but they agreed to let us go and take pictures. And I learned more in that session of just taking pictures of the process of just loading it on and loading it off than anything else. It was a great day for pictures. So the pictures in that course are really, really good. Um, but when we go and take pictures for a course, we often get a lot of really good detail about things that you should or shouldn't do and uh so that's why you know going and taking pictures instead of using like sometimes we use stock photography but i like going and taking pictures just to hear the people who do this every day how they talk about it Mm -hmm. and what they're you know i can ask them things like you know what's the word you use for i don't know let's say a load binder might have another name or another five names. In trucking, there's always another yeah. five names for everything. I always find out what those five names are by going and doing pictures and saying, okay, what do you call this? Yeah. What do you call it in French? Because yeah. that's the other thing is there's 50 names in French too. Hmm. So we, so anyway, uh, heavy vehicle or heavy equipment uh, securement, we're doing that. Finished cybersecurity. Uh, we're also working on an overhaul of our wellness courses and we're working on an overhaul of our drug and alcohol courses. So to we have the clearinghouse in our old course, like it's we've did a an update that that added it in, but we're doing a This is a drug and alcohol clearinghouse. Right, yeah, yes. the drug and alcohol clearinghouse, but we're doing a much more extended overhaul of everything. So we're putting in updated information about drugs and alcohol themselves, um the process Actually, the testing process really hasn't changed, so it's more about the drug and alcohol stuff and about the clearinghouse. Yeah, that's an interesting point that I think people often kind of forget about is they keep saying, what's new or what are you working on? You know, what new courses are coming? And you get to a point where there's not that many new titles that really need to be covered that aren't addressed in the library or the priorities sort of drop on some of those new titles. But you do have to keep going back to these old ones, Mm -hmm. even if the regulation doesn't change, you do have to keep going back periodically and refreshing them and eventually doing a complete rebuild of them just because best practices develop all of the other things that are sort of affecting how people interact with that content 
are changing as well. And you need to build that in. So you're doing that with a whole bunch of courses right now. Mm -hmm. Defensive driving has been uh, a project for quite a while. Drug and alcohol. That's another one of those uh, courses that I'm going to get back to. But drug and alcohol, I'll tell you what's interesting is that over the last, I don't know, I think we did drug and alcohol in 2013. And since that time, so that's only been five or six years, um, alcoholism is now... is not called alcoholism anymore. Hmm. It's called alcohol use disorder. Hmm. I think that's what it is, but it's now classed as a disorder. And people were talking about alcoholism or abusing alcohol as a disease for a really long time, but now it is actually a disease Hmm. that gets, you know, has a treatment and stuff like that. And, And I think that really makes it much more formal. So when we're talking about drugs and alcohol and you're talking about alcohol, well, you got to talk about that. Yeah. So that needed to be updated for sure. There was, um, the other thing is marijuana has, oh, yeah, that's changed you know, well, it hasn't though, in terms of drug and alcohol testing, no. you know, you're still not allowed to have it in your system. The only problem is now is that it's been relaxed. The, the regulations have been relaxed around it but it's all state by state or just in Canada. And even in Canada, it's crazy because like, well, there's okay, so much new legal, stuff that's come up around it. And all the, all the products that um, could have THC in them. So you have the yeah. CBD oil, hemp products, things like that may or may not have THC, which is the active ingredient in marijuana, which gets you high. Um, so, you know, and you also don't know how long it stays in your system. So if you want to use marijuana and you're legally allowed to, how long do you have to wait until it's out of your system? And do that depends on how much you've put in. So it's not like you can have a one standard drink. That's mm. not, there's no equivalence for that in marijuana. Yeah, it's a real minefield, isn't it? And even if you're trying to avoid it, you get one of these products with CBD oil and discover the hard way that it's got THC in it. Yeah. Well, yeah, because you get, oh, it's like getting, eating poppy seeds and being, <laughs> and yeah. having a positive drug test as, you know, mothers to be, find out, mm-hmm. find out from the hospital at a <laughs> in bad time because then they have their children whisked away from them. So it's, uh, it's a, it's a tricky one yeah. and, and I'm glad that I don't have to do anything but say, here's the trickiness. Other people have to deal with it. Yeah. We're not we're not solving the problem, we're just educating people yeah, about let the problem. Them be aware of it. Yeah. Well, I think we're finding that with all of the courses that are being rebuilt, like fatigue and the wellness stuff, the best practices around that have changed dramatically since we first built mm-hmm. that wellness uh, package of courses. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, just the diet and exercise, there's so many other and even fatigue like um here's something that happened in the last 5 years is weighted blankets. Oh yeah. And those are incredibly, uh, apparently incredibly good for anxiety and for helping people, helping people sleep. I'm seeing more and more of them advertised. I don't know if they're definitely, you know, scientifically proven to help you sleep. But if you're looking for some sort of sleep aid, there's, Mm -hmm. that's one thing. I want to get one actually. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Those I like having something heavy on me. So and I didn't realize that until I sort of because I have extra I always have extra blankets on. And uh, I think it's the heaviness, not so much hmm. the heat. Hmm. That's okay. what I'm looking for. Interesting. 
Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'll be interested in seeing that course when it comes uh, because there's a lot that's shifted there, a lot of new fitness equipment in the trucks. Yes. And we see in the Best Fleets program lots of people doing things around wellness and um, you know, diet tips on the road and things like that that are going to make for a very interesting course. Well, it's funny because uh, Tiffany is a new course developer, so she's kind of new to trucking. And she said something. I was editing the the fit, the diet and wellness. Or I was editing something, and I said, "No, that not everybody has a fridge in their truck." Hmm. And she was like, "Really? Why not?" Like, <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. Because people are cheap. Well, and some people are regional. Get, no, there's long haul people who don't have fridges in yeah. their trucks. I mean, that's um, it's not a standard package type of thing. Not quite yet. It's no. getting to be that way. Looking at that question in the Best Fleets uh, questionnaire about uh, what in-truck amenities do the fleets offer, and APU and fridge are getting to be standard. Not quite there yet, but they're on their way for sure. Oh, I think the people who are not in the Best Fleets program are more likely to not have APUs and uh, fridges. But, you know, just the idea of, and that's why we started Best Fleets, is to... I don't know, peer pressure people into making lives better. Highlight the things that are working well. I don't know. I like the peer pressure thing. Yeah. Well, we're not publicly shaming anyone. We're just highlighting the things. We're just showcasing what the cool kids are doing. We are allowing those cool kids to peer pressure each other. Ah, there you go. We're not doing it. No, we're not doing it. We're peer pressure enablers. We are. We are. Sorry. Sorry, trucking industry. We're (laughs) peer pressure enablers. That sounds very manipulative. I'm, I'm we're highlighting the best practices. Okay. Go back yeah. to that. Much sure. softer. Okay. Highlighting best practices. So what else are you guys working on? You posted a bunch of new things this month. Uh, you have oh, new French stuff as well. I haven't talked about translation. Yeah. That, cause that's the other thing that we do. And just cause something is written in English doesn't magically make it into French and Spanish just cause we will it. We actually have a whole whack of things that we have to do. Um, so we, uh, we had a little bit of a backlog of translation. So what we were waiting on was voiceover. So we got a lot of voiceover. We, we redid the translation for one of our French courses, um, Violence and Harassment, because I, in my silliness, tried a new translator and didn't go well. So having the quality of your translator is very important. And I am learning this as I, as I am in this journey that not all translators, just because you can speak another language, does not make you good. Oh, for sure. <laughs> so, so we have this, we, I got this translation from an ex, a vendor that I don't normally use. And we had um, someone internal for, I actually used it when I was trying to hire our translator I used it as a, as a, not a test, but like an exercise that you can use to evaluate someone for a position. And they all, everybody who I sent it to was horrified at this <laughs> translation because it sounded like the most common feedback was, it sounds like someone used Google Translate. <laughs> like, or that, Which is not a compliment. For no, no. And I can, and so uh, our translator, Fanny, who has left us, unfortunately, um, just went to town on this violence and harassment course and rewrote it, completely redid it. So we have released that. So hopefully anybody who's stuck 
taking that course, you'll have a much nicer experience because the voiceover has changed. The It's our normal voiceover. It was better translation. I apologize to anyone who had to go through that. Um, we have similar problems in Punjabi, actually. Yeah. You know, the quality of the translator, quality of the voiceover is just is just endless. Um, but so we have that in French. We are working on parking and deliveries in French. Mm, and nice. we are working on, we just also released um, hazmat security awareness in French. So we're at the point now where we have more French there's very few courses that aren't in yeah, French. Yeah, so we're, we're going to flip the website so that it shows the courses that aren't in French more, right? Isn't yes. that what you were planning on yep. doing is highlighting the courses that aren't in French? Yes. And Spanish, we I've just finished parking and deliveries. I think that I just have to get it QA'd. And we will be doing cybersecurity in both French and Spanish next so i am going to get that stuff out to the translators uh probably by tomorrow yeah spanish we actually can turn things around a little bit more quickly Mm -hmm. because our spanish voiceover has uh, his own studio he lives in central texas i think yeah he has his own studio that's the critical thing our mm -hmm. french voiceover guy who is fabulous uh uses this studio uh, my home studio which normally is okay, except that now that everybody is sort of locked down and not supposed to be going into other people's homes, we can't really bring him here to do recording. So we're going to yes. have a backlog of uh, voiceover scripts ready for him when the lockdown lifts. Yeah. Well, he's going to be translating cybersecurity, so he's going to have to voice it unless we go to an online, like go to a different voiceover person, but I'm not. Yeah. We'll have to see how it goes. That's Let's, the problem. Denis is so good. I know, but he won't get his own studio. Yes, I'm Denis, get your own studio. <laughs> uh, oh, well. So that's the state of the course development world. Highly yeah. productive. Yeah. So I'm hoping to get to defensive driving, the defensive driving overhaul, which is partly done, actually. I would say it's about 30%, maybe 40% done. Mm-hmm. And uh, so once I'm done with heavy equipment... And I'm doing the audio script for heavy equipment right now. Then I'll go back to defensive driving. And by the time I'm done with that, I'm hoping that I'll have both the course developers freed up to do, to start a new course. And I will also hopefully have on board a new course developer. Wow. So, yeah. Content is just going to be screaming. Yeah. We are going to be. All of those people saying, do you have, do you have blank? I will be able to say, we're going to tee that up for you. Yeah. There'll still be somebody who says, do you have X? And it'll be some weird thing we've never heard of before. Uh, You know, we could just start doing um, career vehicle like a whole. Well, we got to deal with tankers, like fuel tanks. Um, Yeah. Light duty. Yeah, I, and that's sort of modifying the existing courses for those different vehicle types. Right. Well, yeah, I want to work on a little bit more softer skill things. Mm-hmm. I want to work on a disaster preparedness course. I want to work. Idea. Yeah, I like that. Because just to sort of genericize all of the different practices that everybody has around hurricanes, tornadoes, snowstorms, um, pandemics, wildfires. 
Yeah, like all of that stuff. Like what are the best practices when you have any of these emergencies and not necessarily how to figure out how to create your policies, but how drivers should be following the policies and what they should be doing um, when they are, you know, like people work for carriers and like, for example, with COVID-19, you know, you have people who are working for a carrier and still continuing, but they're providing their own mask. They're cleaning in their own truck. They're trying to figure out what to do and their carrier doesn't necessarily have the answers or hasn't figured it out yet. So um, this course will probably be helpful for drivers to be able to ask better questions. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm hoping for. Are you thinking that that would just be a driver course or would there be a version of it for management as well? Well, I just thought of it yesterday, so I haven't really thought about it too yeah. much, but I, I think, yeah, maybe a management when course. When you're saying that, I'm thinking it's great that the drivers are asking these questions, but we should arm the management with the information they need to put together a proper procedures and to have policies and understand what they should be doing so that when the drivers ask them, they have a good answer. Yeah. So there you go. Now it's two courses. Yeah, but we don't do management courses. Well, we are starting to. True. We've got workplace violence and harassment. We've got safety committee. We've got the drug and alcohol for supervisors. Mm -hmm. And we have some other things that I'm not going to mention uh, by name here that we have, uh, uh, in the plans that are management focused things. So we are starting to shift okay. a little bit in that direction. Yeah. So that's, uh, that's what I've got on tap. Wow. Many, many things. This is what happens when I don't need to talk Fly to anybody places. else. Yeah. So <laughs> what happens when Jane doesn't have to get on a plane? Yeah. Yeah. Things get a lot better. Yeah. Productivity increases. Well, that kind of productivity increases. You're not doing speeches or um, conference appearances, but uh, your content team just starts cranking things. Well, I'm hoping to get it to a point where they can crank without me. Yeah. Like this is where we have to get to. Um, things have to crank without me. Yeah. Because you're still the bottleneck on these things. Yeah. And I'm not, um, I'm not, it's fine. I can multitask, but it just tends to slow things down. And I don't want people to be frustrated waiting for me to say yes or no on a, on edits or, you know, direction or whatever, Mm. but they're pretty good at bugging me. Like if they really want my attention, they can get it. It's just, uh, if I'm trying to do something that I'm trying to get done, it's, it's harder. Yeah, for sure. Well, I really feel inadequate in what I've been working on. Yeah, you've just been sitting around in your office. I have a whole lot of things that I do, but no major projects. That's what my answer is going to be there. Okay. I don't have anything really exciting to talk about uh, in terms of a large project like that. Although, on the system side, we do have some new things coming that I am quite excited about. Uh, And it is a little bit sad that these are things that we're excited about because other systems have had them for years, but we're finally getting them as well. Uh, next week, we finally will have password recovery. Dun, 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 dun. Pause for dun, dun, applause. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah. So I feel the need to explain why we haven't had that. And the, the simple reason is that for the longest time, there was so few users in our system that actually had email addresses attached to their profiles that there was really no way to do password recovery. So if you forget your password in any other system, It's all based on your email address. You put Mm -hmm. in your email address 
and then it or it has your email address in the account it just mails you a new password or a link to reset it directly uh, but if there's no password how are you going to do that so if i come to the login page and i forgot my login and forgot my password and usually it's both it's the username and the password that they don't remember how are you going to do that how you retrieve that without uh, an email address and without compromising security. So I could say, here's a list of customers, find your company. And then here's a list of people in that company, find yourself and then set up a new password. But that's massively insecure. You might as well just not have passwords at all. So there wasn't really a good way to do password recovery when there was no email addresses in there. Now we are getting to the point where we've got just enough. We're just barely at the point where we've got enough email addresses in there that a good amount of people will be able to do a self-serve password recovery. They'll be able to go there. Um, if they've forgotten their password, they'll be able to enter an email address, have a code sent to them, like verification code sent to that email. Then they uh, can go to the password reset page and create a new password, like a lot of systems are doing. So we've been trying to balance building that functionality, building in current best practices for security because that kind of password reset function is one way that hackers will steal your account is they go and they find a way to reset the password so that they can get into your account, but you can't. So we want to prevent that even though it's training content and there's probably not a, ha- a lot of hackers that are dying to get in there and take your distracted driving course yeah, for and you. See what you got in your, in your yeah. hazmat course. But it's still, it, it, it's useful well, you got to have that security at the administrative level because there is information in there about who did what and there may be more personal information. Um, so we have to be careful about that. So we're trying to build in the best practices and security for password recovery, but also keep it pretty simple, recognizing that many of our users are not the most tech-savvy people, are not the kind that are all over having a whole bunch of steps to go through to secure their account. They just want to get in there and do the stuff if they could get in there without a password, they probably would. So we want to sort of balance that. Uh, that's been in progress for a month and a half now. And I think next week is actually going out, going live. So I'm very excited about that. Uh, for situations where there's no password, we'll still get, people will get uh, directed to uh, support like they do now. But we discovered we have a bunch of other situations to handle Uh, that are kind of uncommon because there are a lot of fleets where they don't have email addresses for their drivers. They will often put the manager's email address in the driver's profile. Oh no. And I could see why they did that because then that manager would get notified that a driver has something coming up and the manager would manually communicate to the driver directly. They could send a satellite message or something. Or when talking to them or whatever the case may be. But the result of that is now you may have one email address that's in 20 different accounts. So when I go in and put in my email address, it's not going to find a distinct user. It's going to find 20 different people. So we have to go through a whole process of helping to figure out um, which specific user you're trying to reset and then dealing with that. It is, uh, it's a tricky situation. It has been kind of tough to work through all of those different scenarios, but it's all done. Uh, it's just about finished testing and uh, going to be going live next week. I'm very excited next about Tuesday, that. Next Tuesday, right? Or next Monday? Uh, Monday night is the release. So that's exciting. 
related to that. That is super exciting because that is the number one Yes, that's issue. the number one thing in support is password recovery. Yeah. So I don't think we're going to eliminate that support load, but we will lighten it. Even if a third of those password issues get addressed, that's still going to be very helpful. Mm -hmm. So, and not just for us, but some of our resellers that manage the accounts for their customers, it's going to lighten their load as well. So that's very cool. And related to that, another feature that will be coming, I think in the middle of next month, maybe the later part of next month is a remember me function for people to stay logged in. You got to help people to just bypass that login altogether. So they'll just check the box and not unlike Facebook or LinkedIn or sites like that, where you go there and you log in once and then you don't have to worry about it again. Okay. Is that for admins as well? No, it is only right now for basic users. Okay. Cause admin, that could be an issue. Potentially an issue for administrators. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So this is one where I have always kind of wondered about why people have issues with their password. Like why are you needing to reset your password or or forgetting your password all the time? Because every site I go to, the browser offers to remember the login. I never keep track of my passwords. The browser does it for me. And all of the browsers do that now. So I've never really got why people have so many password issues. I guess they must be doing something to uh, force it to not save their password or not save their login for the site. Or it's not, it's on a shared computer. And there's like tons of other people. So they have it set. IT has it set so that you Mm, can't save passwords. I would imagine that's that's an issue. uh, In addition to password recovery, we are going to allow people to just stay logged in on personal computers. Because your comment is a perfectly valid one that a lot of times it's not a private machine. It's a public machine. So... We are going to let people stay logged in so that when they come to our site, they'll just go straight into their dashboard, which should be very easy, make it a lot nicer for uh, people. But we do have to check what role they have because not everybody should be able to do that. Not everybody should be staying logged in. And we do need to have them manually confirm that it's actually a private machine. Our Mm. assumption is that it's a public machine and they've got to say, yes, this is my private machine. I'm okay staying logged in. And so that's been helpful, but it opens up a whole bunch of other security issues that what if somebody gets a hold of your machine and then goes in and tries to change your password or all of this kind of stuff? What happens if your account gets locked? What happens if different things, there's all of these different rules that we had to go through. So it ended up being way more complicated than I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be a very simple process of you check a box and it just remembers you and you don't have to log in next time. But with all of these rules and all of these different conditions we had to handle, it ended up being more complex than the password recovery, which was also more complex than I thought. But remember me was even more complicated. It's so bizarre how these relatively simple functions that you see on every other system in our system tend to have all of these bizarre differences that make it so more so much more complicated i mean the whole remember your password thing that's not a i mean i don't think anybody thinks that's complicated well it didn't used to be so it's become a lot more complicated in the last five years or so where email address is used as a login for so many different sites so as everybody sort of rushed online with email address based logins it has complicated things because then your email address becomes 
personal private data that's secret to you. And if you can get into your email, um, you've got access to a lot of stuff. And yeah. if somebody else gets that, then they're in, they have access to all of those things as well, which wasn't the case 10 years ago, 20 years ago. These were not really concerns. So it was simpler then. And remember me was much simpler in the past as well. Um, but it's become a lot more complicated with security issues and um, plus the fact that, as you mentioned, in our particular use case, we've got a lot of people doing things that aren't normally done, that are very different. Because yeah. we don't have email-based logins, uh, there's a lot of other things that happen that are kind of weirdo situations. So, uh, Can you this, imagine if we made people have email-based logins? I've seen people do that. And if you don't have an email, they just create one for you. And it's like a Google, like a Gmail one or a uh, corporate one. It's a fake version of your corporate one. So it'll be, you know, Bob Smith will be bsmith at company.com. Oh, but it's not a real real email account. It's just an email address. It's just a login in that format. But that's even more confusing. Oh, that is, that's that's a dangerous path to go. Not going to be helpful. Well, so uh, we've opted to go a different route. But I don't like having my email address be my username all the time. Yeah. I mean, it is. For 90% of my logins, that's what it is. But it does. It is annoying because everybody knows you got one piece of it. Yeah. All you need and is that's password. And the nice thing about our system is that you don't have to have that. It can be whatever you want. So that it, it adds a little bit of security mm-hmm. so that people aren't going to try and break into our system with my email address, which is out there and pretty easy to guess. Yeah. Yeah. So we've been getting a lot of the, like, as I mentioned before, uh, a lot of the phishing attempts. Mm -hmm. Jane is asking you to, I don't know, click this link really quickly. (laughs) Yeah. So that's the kind of stuff we have to protect against. We've got to practice what we preach. We've got a cybersecurity course that tells people what they should be doing and shouldn't be doing. And we've got to make sure our system supports all of those best practices as well. So mm-hmm. uh, I'm yeah, very excited Mark. to see that coming. Hey, it was ultra secure before. It didn't, you know, that you couldn't be remembered. True. Although uh, it was also dirt simple for people to get in. So there was like no requirements on the password. That was one of the things that came up in the discussion about password resets is what sort of rules should we enforce around password strength? You know, should we be forcing people to have Are a strong we? password and should we be having a little indicator that tells them yeah. how strong it is? We're not doing any of that. Why? Uh, because we're not changing it anywhere else. We're not changing it in the profile. When you create users, we're not forcing admins to create complex passwords. Um, that's really up to them to decide how they want to do it. And as a result, it's not really consistent or fair to force somebody to create a complex password when they're resetting it, but the admin can go in and just do something that's bogus later on. So it's inconsistency. Is this something that we're going to be working towards? Yes, we are going to be changing that down the road. But there's a lot of debate about um, the relative merits of forcing complex passwords because a lot of times people... It leads to more resets if you've got a complex password that people forget. Well, they are absolutely going to forget if it's a random thing or they're going to have it saved in the browser or they're going to write it down on a sticky and just attach it to the monitor, which is what a lot of people do. Yeah, and what they should be doing is use a password manager. 
but yeah, but until for, those are that's widespread. a different discussion. And yeah. the browsers do that again. Use your browser, have your browser do that. But if you're on a shared machine, and so then people have got to carry around a sticky with this complicated password. It's just it's not viable as an option right now. So it just goes back to uh, my memories of our old time, uh, old work on the custom side when we were serving a chain of gas stations and uh, they had the same thing. They had complex passwords and they actually had an RSA key that you had to use to log in to each of these machines, these shared machines that they had in their back office. And the idea is that the manager or the, uh, the franchisee would be the one that would have access to this machine and could log in and do stuff. But the average hourly employee who's just working a shift there can't get into the machine. And that's good in theory, but in practice, it wasn't practical. So every site I went to, the manager or the uh, uh, franchisee had, had taken the, that had RSA key. Uh, or they took the RSA key and they just taped it right onto the front of the monitor. So the RSA key that's super secure because it changes every minute and you have to enter that code right at the precise time to have this extra security was completely bypassed because the thing is right up there displaying it every time. So as soon as you're sitting in front of the computer... There's the RSA oh, key. Oh, that, that little digital thing that yeah. changes numbers all the time. Yeah. Oh, I thought you meant like a chain of numbers, the RSA key, like banking key. Um, sort of similar. Yeah. Okay. But, uh, yeah. You can use that for kind of two-factor authentication. Yeah. That's what I meant. Yeah. And that's okay. what they were trying to do. But if somebody just tapes it onto the monitor, it defeats the purpose. Oh, God. Yeah. So... We have to recognize that people are going to do that. They're going to choose expediency and convenience over security most of the time, especially for something like training that they don't see as being super sensitive. So we have to have a balance. And that's what we spent a lot of time working on with this is uh, finding a balance that incorporates some best practices uh, as much as we can reasonably do, but isn't too onerous for people. So that's what my people have been working on and uh, it's going very well. So I'm excited to see that. Good. And I think that kind of brings us to a a good time to uh, wrap this one up. Mm -hmm. And uh, hopefully everybody is staying safe. The weather is getting better so we can all go outside and... And stand out on the front front step for 10 minutes and then go back in. (laughs) Yeah, fresh air and then go back into our collective holes. Yeah. All right. Well... Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a good day. Take care.